As Hashem's hope, we will continue on with the Sedes of explaining the final laws that are applicable, the general laws, hopefully. Um, today we'll be able to get through all of it, not necessarily now, in this one. Maybe in this one, maybe in the next one. We'll see what comes around, whatever Hashem decides. Generally, when somebody does something 90 times, it becomes for them a second nature. Therefore, there are certain times in prayer, actually twice a year, there are two different parts that we add in, actually that we, in, that we change in the different seasons. In the season, of, in the winter season, as the winter comes in, we begin praying for rain, and as the summer comes in, we begin praying for dew. Therefore, um, the, the halakha, the law is that if somebody were to say, basically the blessing for dew, the blessing for rain, as a part of the other blessing, the blessing that it's, that it's part of, the beseechment, sorry, not the blessing, the beseechment for rain or dew, in the blessing that it is, it is part of, a part of, they, if they were to say it 90 times, they don't have to worry about whether they might have said it, they might have not said it. Which means, if a person, unbeknownst to them, ended up in the 11th blessing, <laughs> suddenly, after starting three and a half seconds ago, and they're like, yo, wait a minute, what did I just say? Did I say, did I not say? Uh, even though you have to have... Um, intent of what you're saying, you have to know what you're saying. Nonetheless, unfortunately, we tend to space out, and a person doesn't know if they asked for rain or for dew. Being that this person said it 90 times prior, if we say that being that it became for him a second nature, then naturally he said the proper one for the time. However, in our case, in the third and the 11th blessing, for these days of returning to Hashem, days of repentance. If someone were to say, Baruch Ata Hashem HaMalach HaKadosh, Baruch Ata, I'm not going to say it 90 times, don't worry. Blessed are you Hashem, the Holy King. And he said it 90 times. The second he goes to pray Shemineshri, what do you think he's going to say? No. He's not going to say, HaMalach HaKadosh, he's not going to say, the Holy King. Rather, he's going to revert back to the way he used to say it. He always says it. Why? Because he is not able to say the name of Hashem. And therefore, being that we are not able to say the name of Hashem, immediately when we revert, when we go, when we, when we begin saying the actual blessing the way we normally say it, and we say Hashem's name, we immediately revert back to saying it the way we are used to, and that is the Holy God. And therefore... Generally, if somebody is confused, like we explained before, they will have to go back if it's the third. If it's the eleventh, they would generally have to say the Shemona Esrei again. Shabbos Shuvah, the, the Shabbos that falls out in between the, the high holidays, the holiest days of the year, Resh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, this Shabbos, let's say, if, if Rosh Hashanah falls out on a Monday, or a Tuesday, or a Thursday, or even on a Shabbos, and Yom Kippur falls out on the week after 
that one, not the following week, or the week after the following Shabbos, but the following week on a Monday, or the following week on a Tuesday, or a Wednesday, or a Thursday, etc., then this Shabbos, which falls out in between the two, is known as the Shabbos Shuvah. Shabbos Shuvah, the Shabbos of return. It's called that because of the Haftarah. Oh, to explain that, the chapter of Navi that we read after the part, actually not the chapter, but the parts of the prophets that we read after the reading of the Torah on every single Shabbos holiday and some other times throughout the year, like the fast days, etc. Not to go through those laws now, but when it's applicable, it's applicable. Therefore, on this Shabbos, the Shabbos of, Sh- of Shuva, we, when, when saying on Friday night, when we begin saying the blessings of one of, of similar to seven, which means there's the, what's known as the repetition of the Amida, when the, the Chazin, the, the cantor, the one who is actually, it's known as the the one who was sent over by the congregation to lead the service, to lead the prayer, to lead the davening, however you call it. When he, generally, after we say the Shrenesre, we make the repetition of the Shrenesre, we say it again, follow, immediately following the Shrenesre itself. Which means that, that everything we said, the Chazan goes over again of the 18, those 18 blessings. If, uh, however, at night time, which is every every evening, every night by Mayriv, we do not do the repetition of the Amida, being that it is only from the sages. The sages established that we should pray the evening prayer and not from the Torah directly. Uh, rather, it's learned out, like you mentioned before. Therefore... The only time that we have a repetition of the Amidah, therefore on a general basis we don't do the repetition of the Amidah, but the only time that we will have a repetition of the Amidah, of the prayer, that the Shemona Esri, that is said on, by night time, by Mayrib, is on a Friday night. Why? Because we don't want the people to walk, end up walking home by themselves or to be left in the synagogue in the shul by themselves going back to the way it was in the days of yore, where the synagogues were situated in the fields, hence making, making it difficult and dangerous for people to walk by themselves at night. So therefore, in this blessing, and on, on, a, on Shabbos, we don't say 18 blessings, rather we say 7 blessings. Three and three, the three in the front, the three in the beginning, the three at the end are the same blessings of a general week, the, the, the blessings of thanks to Hashem, praising Hashem's great and holy name. And the one in the middle is commemorating the day and sanctifying the day of Shabbos. So when we make the repetition of that Amidah, we will say Hamelech HaKadosh, not Hakel HaKadosh. We will say the holy king and not say the holy god which you generally do these goinim who are the goinim not exactly the sages not exactly our era 
after the destruction of the second temple, anyone in that generation was known as an Amira. Actually, yeah, basically. A couple of generations later, were known as Amira. At the time of the, tem- of the temple, they were known as, as the Tanoim. I really would have to give a whole separate, long history lesson, which I'm not sure everyone wants, but thank, thank God we have this thing called messaging. And that is, um, that is a possibility over here as well. If you would want me to go through such a thing and explain to you the history, kind of in a nutshell, but kind of at great length, do send me a message and let me know. If five people answer me, I will do it. If five people do not answer me, I will not waste yours and maybe even my time, depending on the day. So let's just skip over a couple of generations and we're going to go down the ladder, ladder of history and we're going to step into the generation of the Go'inim, the great rabbis of the generation prior, probably I would say around to the 8th century, what we would know, what... Well, not we would a general people would not call the eighth century or the seventh century. It was a couple of hundred years after the destruction of the second temple. They established that in the seven and ten days of Teshuva, when we do say the blessing of what's known as the blessing of Aves, in essence, something that I forgot to say, um, which is the first three blessings, being that we mentioned our forefathers, excuse me, Aves, our fathers. So being that we mentioned our forefathers in the first three blessings, it's known as the blessing of Aves, of our forefathers. Um, so they established that we should say in those blessings two additional lines of prayer. One of them is, Zachreinu lechaim, remember us for life. Melech chafetz b'chaim, the king who desires life. V'chasveinu and write us in the book of life for the living for you the living god um the next passage is who is like you merciful god who remembers his creations for life or in life and with and in mercy, here we are beseeching of God that He God give us good life, as you understand from the translation alone. And in the the last two blessings of praise, we we're praising Hashem. We say two additional lines. One is Uchsoyev Lachaim Toivim Kol and inscribe for good life all the children of your covenant, being the children of of Israel. And after the, at the last blessing, before actually reciting the last blessing alone, we say a passage of a Sefer Chaim, Baruch Shalom. It's a very, it's not so long, it's just four lines, and I don't think I would translate it over here. But the gist of it is that we are beseeching again, once again, of Hashem, that Hashem should inscribe us for a life, a good life, and a peaceful life. Um, generally, when a person beseeches or asks someone for something, and here the Torah teaches us what's known in Hebrew, it's not something that people generally don't have, derech eretz, which means the way of the land, 
common decency, humanity, basic respect, honor. I mean, you'll have to use another 15 words just to describe these two little words in the holy tongue. Generally, so the common decency dictates that when you're going to beseech from somebody, you're not going to ask him for everything or the great large thing at once. It takes what we call in Yiddish a lot of chutzpah to do that. And therefore, on a day like, th- like this, we start off with the minor and we go off to the greater. Hence, in the beginning of the blessing, like we just established, in the blessing of the fathers, the first three blessings, that is, of the 18 blessings, we say lechaim to life. No, not actually drinking. Come on, seriously. And then we later on, at the end, we say lechaim toivim for good life. So in the beginning, we say for life, just, you know, basic, keep us alive. And then at the end, we say lechaim toivim for good life. We, may we all be blessed with good life and in, with peace. Mm. Just another point. Uh, when saying the Kiddush, just like we mentioned about candle lighting, we say, Yom Teruah. However, the candle lighting is Yishal Yim Hazikarin, the Day of Remembrance. But the the Kiddush is goes on the day of Teruah, Teruah going on the resounding of the Shafar. Being that the mitzvah of the day, which is eventually what we will get to, but this is not the main factor of the day of Rosh Hashanah. The main factor is the idea that it is judgment and returning to Hashem. And that is brought about through the Basti of Hashem, which we will talk about, God willing, in length or... Even if not, we'll see when we get there. The point is, the emphasis of the day, the mitzvah of the day, not the emphasis, the mitzvah of the day is the blowing of the shefer, and therefore we say, we call it Yom Teruah, the, the day of the blowing of the shefer. However, when it comes to the candle lighting, we say the day of remembrance, because on this day we remember how God created the world, and on the sixth day, Hashem created man and rested. The day of Rosh Hashanah and the day of Yom Kippur are not made for days of rejoicing. They not the day of happiness. Rather, they are days of judgment. And therefore, we don't add the other other points with other prayers that we generally say on other holidays are not said on the holidays of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. For example, we generally say um, that Hashem gave us holidays mayadim with for to be joyful in, and holidays and times to be happy in, to be happy and to be joyous. In these holidays, that's Hashem gave it to us to begin with. Being that these days were not made for that, therefore we don't mention these parts in the actual prayer. There are other parts over here mentioned in the Code of Jewish Law, in Altar of Shulchan Aruch, that are, speak about different um, changes in the actual prayer. However, we're not going to go through them because, thank God, we have an actual prayer book and we don't need to 
know this and figure this out. Once again, I will mention we're leading into the night of Rosh Hashanah, God willing. And therefore, the next concept we will be discussing is the foods that we eat on this night. Yes, I will not sing the song, but we will talk about dipping the apple in the honey. I might have mentioned it. I don't know. I'm not sure. But we will definitely get into the different foods that we do and do not eat or whatever. I'm saying yes, actually, sorry. The food that we do and we do not eat always go with your first and with your initial feeling and thought. And I'm rambling. Uh, basically. And yeah, so being that we're going into the night of Rosh Hashanah, we just finished the first prayer, the evening prayer. We are going to wish our fellow, Lushana Teva Tika Save to a good year. You should be inscribed and you should be sealed. This is the greeting that we greet every person after the prayer on the first night of exactly Rosh Hashanah. And we do not say this greeting. After the afternoon of the second day. Right? Why? Because at that point, I already mentioned this, I think. The inscription has already been finalized. Let's get those, those, those boots on. Let's get, those shaking, let's get shaking in our boots. Let's get ready for the time. And the day of judgment.